baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. And welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, yeah. Well, if you were here with us last night, it's welcome back. Welcome to the program. Uh, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, once again, for true conservatism, patriotism, and the make America great attitude that we so desperately need. I call that bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. Yeah, well, I'm going to get the eye taken care of tomorrow, so don't worry about that. Glad to have you along with us again. It is, uh, it, oh my goodness. Coming up in just a little bit, right around uh, 335, I'm going to tell you just how devious, how corrupt, how horrible the swamp is. And I'm not even talking about Washington, D.C. I'm talking about Columbia, South Carolina, where our state house and our state senate meet. They have done some things today that is just going to set your hair on fire, ladies and gentlemen. It honestly is. It's disgusting that here we are in, in, in supposedly ruby red South Carolina, and we've got to put up with stuff like this. We've got to put up with a state house and a state senate that acts like Democrats. That should not be happening here. But ladies and gentlemen, it is 100%. 100%. Unbelievable. We'll have that coming up for you. But we do have some good news Coming out of Washington, D.C., the McFailures. That's what they ought to call them. The McFailures are, well, they're ending. They're coming to an abrupt end. Mitch McConnell is stepping down from Senate leadership. The longest-serving Senate leader in history maintained his power in all these years. McConnell, who turned 82 last week and had several episodes where he just kind of blanked out in front of television cameras, he announced today uh, in the well of the Senate, that he was stepping down as party leader in the Senate. And good riddance, good riddance, Mitch McConnell. You have been the one that has been so willing to reach across the aisle and get your hand slapped by the Democrats. We are so glad to see you go. There's not a single true conservative in this country that is going to regret you stepping down. In fact, it's going to be better, and it's going to be good. It certainly can't be worse, right? So I mean, here's Mitch McConnell, who single-handedly was responsible for the Republicans losing power in the Senate in the last election because he withheld money from the Senate leadership pack. He withheld money from Georgia. He withheld money from Pennsylvania. He withheld money from Arizona. And in those three, three states, the Democrats outspent the Republicans. But in every other state where the Republicans outspent the Democrats, they won those Senate seats. And the reason he withheld those funds was because those candidates, Herschel Walker, McMaster, um, uh, Dr. Oz, now, granted, Dr. Oz was not my big choice for, for the Senate there, but 
they were not going to go along. They were not going to be sycophants for Mitch McConnell. And they were not going to vote for Mitch McConnell to be in leadership. And so, therefore, he withheld funds for their campaign, and they got beat. So Mitch McConnell would, would have rather held on to power than be removed from power. And we got what we got. Thank you so much, Mitch. That is absolutely awesome. Good job. But good, you're gone. So you're gone. McCarthy is gone. McDaniel is gone. Three huge cinder blocks, millstones around the Republicans, and really the Make America Great Again movement, are now out of the way. And we hope they're not going to be replaced by people just as bad as the people that they were replaced. I mean, the the, uh, jury is still out on Mike Johnson right now. Of course, you know, Mike Johnson saying, oh, there's not going to be a government shutdown. So effectively what Mike Johnson is says, oh, no, we're not going to use the power of the purse that we campaigned on, that we told the American people that we would use if you just let us be in, in power in the Congress. We'll stop all of the, show me one policy. Show me one policy that has been stopped by the House Republicans in Washington from the Biden administration. Show me one. No, they're all in effect. Everything they plan to do, they are still doing. <clears throat> so I, 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 you know what? I, 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 this is very good news for me today. It, it, it truly is. Very, very good news. So we should all be happy about that. We should all just maybe, maybe send Mitch some, uh, <laughs> no, no, just send him a, a get well, no, no, a get better card. Not that he's sick. We just want him to get better. But remember when he just blanked out in front of the television cameras and, no, everything's fine. He comes back a few minutes later, hey, everything's fine. Everything's good. No, there are serious problems with that guy and many, many others in Congress. But they, ladies and gentlemen, they pale in comparison with what is going on in our state house here in South Carolina. When I tell you this story coming up at 335, it's going to make your blood boil. Because you know they're talking about, and they can frame it any way they want to. <clears throat> they, can, they can name this new position here in South Carolina anything that they choose. We are going to have a health czar here in South Carolina. And the more I read about this, the worse it gets. So there were a couple of bills today from conservatives, from Freedom Caucus members that were shot down in the state house today that should have passed with 100% Republican support, but they didn't. We'll outline those coming up in just a few minutes. Also, Hunter Biden testifying in Washington today. What do you think Hunter Biden is saying today? Lie, 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 lie. It's just a, he's just another version of his daddy. All it is. That's all it is. My daddy, I never had my, my daddy. You want to talk about inflating wealth of something? Look, look at this guy's artwork. So he says his father was never involved in his business, never involved in his artwork, never involved in Barisma. My butt. We've got evidence of that. So. Man, you know, my wife and I were talking over lunch today, 
And she said, and, and it is absolutely true, there is a huge dark cloud hanging, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, uh, I am out of my allergy medicine, so I'm struggling a little bit as things start blooming right now, but uh, there is a dark cloud hanging over this country. There's a dark cloud hanging over the world right now. It just seems like, remember, remember, and in, in, was it Lord of the Rings when you would see the picture, you know, they would uh, do the shot of Mordor and those clouds were all swirling. That's what it seems like right now. Because this guy and these people are in power. But folks, that might be changing very, very soon. When we get back, big numbers for Trump in the Michigan primary. We'll have that for you next on the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So Michigan's got a weird kind of a primary slash caucus thing going on. So yesterday they had the Michigan caucus. Now, this was an absolute blowout for Donald Trump over Nikki Haley. I mean, it was it was embarrassing, uh, you know, to some people, not me. I was very happy to see this. So Donald Trump comes in with 68.1% of the vote yesterday. Nikki Haley came in with 26.5% of the vote. Now, that is, so what's going to happen now is they're going to go to Saturday. That was the primary. So now the remaining delegates that are left, and I believe, let me just double check here. um, Coming up on Saturday, they will allocate 39 of the 55 delegates from the Republican primary there in Michigan. So that's going to be another disaster for Nikki Haley. An absolute disaster. Why she is not stepping out really speaks volumes, not to her character or not to her resilience, but it speaks volumes as to what is she getting out of this? Because right now there's absolutely no path for Nikki Haley to win. There would have to be something devastating would have to happen for Nikki Haley to win. And I think that might be what she's counting on. And if that's what she's counting on, then I call her a vulture. That's what vultures do. They circle around, circle around the sky, waiting for whatever is on the ground to pass away. And it seems to me like that's what Nikki Haley is doing circling, 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 waiting for something to happen to Donald Trump instead of getting out there and actually defending the man who actually defended this country at every single turn. So she's waiting. And that is even worse. That's even worse than just being an opponent. You know, I can understand. You know, DeSantis got in. He wanted to be president. He thought he had the, uh, he thought he had the chops to be president. So he got in the race. 
But as soon as he realized that there was indeed no path to victory, even though he did better than, than, than Nikki Haley in Iowa, where she came in third, he dropped out of the race right after New Hampshire or right before New Hampshire because he realized there, he was getting nothing out of running. And I respect Ron DeSantis for what he did. Nikki Haley, no respect whatsoever. She is, like I said, she's a vulture just circling around waiting for something to happen. And that is worse than anything else to me. So Nikki Haley coming in with 26.5% of the vote yesterday, that is certainly not good. Donald Trump picking up uh, the majority of the delegates. Now, listen to this. <laughs> uh, let's go to the, because the Democrats had it in Michigan as well uh, yesterday. Uh, Joe Biden came in with 81% of the vote, 81%. But here's the telling thing. Here's the telling thing. Uncommitted, uncommitted got 101,113 votes. Now, that was a big backlash because Michigan, I guess, is, you know, full of uh, uh, anti-Israel liberals. So they voted against Joe Biden as a statement to Joe Biden on his policies about Israel. So wait, so wait a minute, hold on, let's go back and look. Joe Biden got a total, let's say, let's say uh, 719, let's just go 720,000 votes in that primary. 720,000 Democrat votes in that primary. Donald Trump got 757,104 votes. Nikki Haley got 294,000 935 votes. So we're looking at a heck of a lot more Republicans showing up in Michigan and turning out to vote than Democrats. That is not good news for the Democrat Party right now. The Democrats are uninspired. The Democrats have realized that they have got no leadership. They've got nobody right now to vote for. So it does beg the question, how long is Joe Biden going to stay in this thing? How long is the Democrat Party going to keep dragging the old codger across the stage and having him mumble and bumble all over the place before they replace this guy with somebody else? Their convention is coming up in Chicago in August. Folks, I'm telling you what. I think that this convention coming up in August is going to make the Chicago Democrat Convention of 1969 look like a six-year-old girl's tea party. It is going to be unbelievable. That's going to be must-see TV right there. It really is. So not good news for the, um, for the Democrats in Michigan, but really good news for Donald Trump. But again, I don't understand why Nikki Haley's just hanging on. I mean, I, well, I've told you why. Charlie, never Nikki is an egotistical woman that has a very bad chip on her shoulder that she wants to show off. Uh, I've heard that uh, Donald Trump may overlook what she did, but as far as I'm concerned, I don't want to see her on anybody's board. She's a big liar, and you can tell because she, every time she opens her mouth, another lie comes out. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I don't think, I think Donald Trump's through with her, too. I don't see any benefit to President Trump ever having anything to do with Nikki Haley ever again. Ever again. 
but you never know. I mean, that would be a disaster, in my opinion, because Nikki Haley's just going to be in the background sharpening the knives, sharpening the knives every chance she gets. Charlie, maybe the Democrats will put Nikki in to replace Joe. I don't think that's going to happen either. I really don't. I think they've got, uh, they've made their decisions on what's going on, going to go on in the Democrat Party. So if it's not Joe Biden and, and it's, oh, and by the way, we're going to supposed to get some sort of an update on Joe Biden. He had a physical today. He went to the doctor, had a physical. I'm pretty sure they did not do a cognitive test on that because (laughs) he would never allow it. But it's either going to be Joe Biden, Gavin Newsom, and there's only one other person out there that is even remotely viable, and that's Big Mike, Michelle Obama. That's it. That's it. I love this. The Democrat Party needs a man to save them. Their convention will have that man, and his name is Michelle. You're exactly right. Charlie, how about Sarah Huckabee Sanders for vice president? I would be all for it. I would be all for that. Oh, man, I thought she was so good as White House press secretary. I really did. I thought she was absolutely phenomenal, even though she just got lambasted by everybody over on Saturday Night Live. But really, who cares about their opinion? Nobody. Nobody does. So I'd love to see Sarah Huckabee Sanders as vice presidential candidate. Absolutely. I'd love to see Christy Noem. I'd love to see uh, Carrie Lake. Uh, There's a bunch of people that I would love to see. But we still don't know who that person is going to be yet. And the world is waiting with bated breath. I believe that announcement is going to be made after Super Tuesday. I think after Super Tuesday, um, when President Trump gets up and he's won all the— Byron Donalds would be great. Byron Donalds would be great. Don't get me wrong. Mark Robinson up there in North Carolina. I want to see him as governor, but by golly, I wouldn't mind seeing him as— Hey, let me just—I want you to get used to something real quick. President Mark Robinson. How about that? That's got a really good ring to it to me. That guy is amazing. Still working on getting him on the program, by the way. Hopefully that will be very, very soon. Um, So, yeah, Charlie, Tim Scott would be replaced by a Republican, be replaced by a Republican governor. No, uh, he's going to stay in. Well, oh, I see what you mean. If he were to be picked, step down, then McMaster would appoint his replacement until the election. Um, Governor McMaster? I'm ready. Want to give me a call? You know the number. Speaking of the number, the carpro.com talk line, 800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, 71307. When we get back, you thought Washington, D.C. was dark and deep and murky. They ain't got nothing on Columbia, South Carolina. That's coming up next. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas. So they're looking at getting a health czar. In fact, this, the Senate has passed this bill, and they did it in record time, ladies and gentlemen. So when they tell you, uh, when they drag their feet on all of this stuff and say, oh, you know, it's got to go through the processes and all of that, remember a couple of things. 
Number one, remember in Colombia how quickly it took for them to pass that package to give to Scout Motors and Volkswagen to bring those electric vehicles to Blythewood. Remember how fast they got that thing done. I mean, it was lightning speed, ladies and gentlemen. And I still predict not a single vehicle is going to roll off that assembly line. I really do. So they can get things done quickly. And the Senate, in S, uh, I think it's S915, they passed this bill in practically record time. They got this thing done. Now, what this would do, uh, you know, they broke up DHEC, right? So they broke up the band, and now instead of getting the band back together under a commission or a committee, now they're going to get the band back together under one person. This person, in effect, would be the most powerful person in the state of South Carolina. All of these agencies, all of these different health agencies and health departments would be under the purview of this one person. Now, I keep telling you, and I get all these people, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. The World Health Organization has got a treaty. And all of these countries are going to be signing off on this treaty. And what this treaty says is that the World Health Organization have sole authority to determine if your country has a health emergency or a pandemic. And once they say that there is a health emergency or a pandemic in your country, even if you disagree, even if you say, no, we don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. We don't even have that here. It doesn't matter. What Tedros says is law. So in effect, all of these countries that sign on to that treaty, their health system would be under the control of the World Health Organization. And you have to abide by their directives. Now, here in the, here in the United States, we have to pass treaties by a two-thirds majority of the Senate. But that doesn't mean we can't go along with what they recommend, right? Don't get hung up on that word treaty. This doesn't have to be ratified by Congress to be enacted. All you got to do is have the CDC and the National Institutes of Health and all of the big pharma, big medical corporations go along with it. All the corporations And guess what? You're now in that treaty. Whether it's official or not, you're still being governed by the World Health Organization and Tedros. Okay. So here in South Carolina, they're going to have a health czar. Oh, it's not a health czar. No, it is a health czar. You can can put any fancy schmancy name you want on it. It's a health czar. Now, what are the requirements do you think that would be for a health czar? What do you think? You think there might be some, you know, might have a little experience, might have a little certain education, might have, no, none of that. None of that. This health, there are no requirements for this health czar here in South Carolina. It could be anybody. It could be Charlie James. It could be Will. It could be anybody. Go in and be health czar. Okay. So, 
What if we had a lobbyist? What if we had a person who had made all of their money, made all of this cash, lobbying for certain healthcare organizations? That was their job, to, to go before Congress and lobby, 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 to get certain bills passed and certain health law regulations passed and all of that stuff. And, of course, that helps the people that they are lobbying for, right? What if one of those people, what if one of those people got that job? What do you think would happen then? Do you think they would be hesitant to enact or, or, or send out directives that would benefit the people that they were lobbying for? Because remember, they've got friends in the industry. Whatever industry you work in, you've got friends there. I've got friends all over the country in radio. So they would actually be, certainly you would see that, 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 that they would have, it would be a conflict of interest. So there was an amendment today over in the House. This is unbelievable. House uh, Bill 4927, 4927 would prohibit registered lobbyists from serving as the newly created health czar in South Carolina for a minimum of five years from the time they lobbied. So if you say, you know what, I've, I've had it, I've, well, I've, I've made my money, I'm doing good, I'm going to retire, I'm going to do something else, I'm not going to be a lobbyist anymore. So from that day, for five years, you could not be the health czar here in South Carolina. That was the amendment. Republicans shot it down. Republicans, the rhinos in the House, voted with, let me tell you something. If you vote, <laughs> if you vote with Gilda Cobb Hunter on just about anything, you're on the wrong side. 100%. You are on the wrong side. She is the most, <laughs> anyway, so, so they shot this amendment down. I said, no, no, you want to know why? You want to know why the House of Representatives would shoot down an amendment that would prohibit lobbyists from being the health czar for five years because they're owned by the lobbyist. They've got friends that are lobbyists, and they certainly wanted to, don't want to discriminate against their buddies, right? So they shot that amendment down. And then in this bill and the Senate bill, there's a little, little section, section 44, 126 or something like that, somewhere along in there, that says that when the health czar makes a decision, that local law enforcement, no matter how unconstitutional it might be, no matter how egregious it might be, that local law enforcement has to follow their directives. The people that you... Now, understand this. This person who will be appointed will have more power than the sheriff you elected. So their guy has more power than your guy. Right? Don't you think that's a bad thing? I think the elected people in this country should have more power than the appointed bureaucrats. They shot that one down too. The rhinos in the house. That was 90 to 20. 90 to 20. 
the rhinos in the House in Columbia voted to table that amendment. Folks, the swamp is deep, and it has got to be drained. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Well, uh, the McFailures are gone now. Uh, McCarthy. <laughs> the McFailures. Uh, McDaniel, McConnell, gone. Uh, Mitch McConnell is stepping down today. Um, and one of the reasons that I did not like... McCar- um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Ronna McDaniel, is because she never seemed to actually want to go out and 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 drum up new voters for the Democrats. I'm sorry, for the Republicans. It seemed like she never wanted to do that. Ever. You know, here in uh, the upstate, we've got a brand new group. It's called the uh, Greenville Patriot Caucus. And they went out, and in two days, two days, they came into contact with almost 4,500 4,500 new voters. That's amazing. When was the last time you went out and you saw a voter drive for the Republican Party? Have you seen that? No, I I haven't. I haven't seen it. Because it doesn't happen. They just don't have anything. Right? Right? There is no voter drive. So now, listen to this. This is pretty amazing. The Democrats. The Democrats have come up with a plan. Vice President Kamala Harris met with voting rights leaders yesterday, outlining her strategy for the government, the government, your taxpayer dollars, to start paying students to register people to vote. Harris met with voting rights activists in the Indian Treaty Room of the Eisenhower Executive Office Building in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday to talk about strategies to boost voting across the country. They're not looking to boost voting across the country. They're looking to boost Democrat voting across the country. We have been doing work to promote voter participation for students. And, for example, we have under the federal work-study program now uh, allows students to get paid through federal work-study to register people and be non, uh, uh, quote-unquote, non-partisan, wink-wink, poll workers. There is nothing non-partisan about this. This means that taxpayers are going to pay college students to go into minority areas and dig up more votes for the Democrats. They've talked about publicly funded elections in the past, and they went ahead and created them. So now they're going to have you pay them to vote for people who are against everything that you stand for. That's literally what's going on. And, and that's why I've been, I've been absolutely screaming for the Republicans to get out, have these voter drives, go to all, set up at every single gun show across the country, every rodeo, every county fair. Every farmer's market, everywhere you could possibly go, 
and register people to vote. Because that's exactly what the Democrats are doing. But no, they've come up with a great plan. They've come up with an even better plan. Bank your vote. Early voting. That's it. That's all they got. That's all they had. There's nothing else coming. Nothing's in the works. They're going to do a little ballot harvesting in California, a little ballot harvesting in states where it's, it's permitted. But other than that, there's nothing there. That's why I always say that the Democrats are just better at politics than the Republicans. They're just better at it. Now, now I'll give you a perfect example. Perfect example. This, this person said, somebody said, Charlie, let's see. Hold on. Charlie, um, your QAnon rhetoric is just stirring a pot. QAnon. QAnon. I've been on this radio program three years now here in the upstate. That's the first time I've ever said the word QAnon on the air. First time ever. QAnon rhetoric. Here's, here's Here's what, you know what? Good. If I'm stirring the pot, good. Call me the pudding stick. I will stir it up. Because it needs to be damn stirred. Because right now, what's going on? And you, oh, you and nine one four. Your opinion is is you're falling on deaf ears, pal. The pot needs to be stirred. What 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 is best for you? Do you think nine one four to keep going here in South Carolina the way we're going? I mean, look at all the conservative legislation that we have trouble passing here in South Carolina. I don't think that should be the case. I think we should be able to pass conservative legislation in the blink of an eye. But no, no, we've always got to give power to the Democrats. We've always got to give power to the lobbyists. We've always got to give power to this group or that group. When the only people that deserve to have the power given to them are the voters and the people that put these folks in office. But as soon as they get into office, they turn around and stab you right in the back. My name is Tony, by the way, a platform Republican. Oh, a platform Republican? Are you? Well, well, you know what? Your platform sucks, Tony. You might as well get used to that. Your platform is what's got this state in the situation that we're in. Your platform is what got this country in the situation. This I, when, when I hear platform Republican, you know what I hear? John Boehner. I hear John Boehner. I hear Paul Ryan. That's what I hear. I hear Mitch McConnell. I hear Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. That's what I hear. So thank you for exposing yourself, Tony. I really appreciate that. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. 